this is shameful to say, but I knew there was not one woman that's going to walk away from me. I knew it. Because, so, even though I'm very dysfunctional, right, prior to therapy, um, I could be very unhappy, I could be very mean, aggressive, over the top, verbally abusive. I can also be very fun-loving, right? I can also be very spontaneous, and I know this is what you like. And that's the manipulative part of my personality and the seductive part of my personality. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, certified meditation teacher, author, and spiritual mentor. This is season five, episode 11, Confessions of a Narcissist with Leon Walker, part two. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional help. Highly sensitive people have a heightened awareness of other people's emotions and feelings. Just like you and I, they tend to be more empathic and compassionate. We take on the pain of the world and try and solve everyone else's problems and constantly are overstepping boundaries and or having boundaries overstepped into our lives. It can drive us into such a mentally exhausted and deep depressive state that we start to develop unhealthy coping mechanisms such as self-harm, addiction, and suicidal thoughts. If you are having any thoughts of self-harm or just have thoughts of deep depression, like why move on? What's the point in living? Then I deeply strongly recommend that you reach out for help and speak to a professional. I've been there. I tried to drown myself in alcohol. And when I left my narcissist, I found talk therapy to be extremely beneficial for me to process and identify what I was going through, how I was abused, in order for me to springboard into my new life in a healthy way. This is why I specifically chose out of all the sponsors out there, BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with a therapist under 48 hours. And don't forget, if you need immediate help, don't wait and dial 988. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. The link is in the show notes. Leon is another participant in the Trauma to Triumph Summit that I spoke at last fall. And it was really great to collaborate and meet so many different voices in this narcissistic education environment. And it was really also enlightening and interesting from a curious scientific perspective to having a conversation with somebody who has been diagnosed NPD, who is conscious of it, and wishes to correct their lives because they don't want the stress and the agony of covering up their trauma with these very bad coping mechanisms. And he wants love. He's expressed that. He wants to be better. He wants love. He understands he's messed up and he wants good relationships with his adult children. 
And so this just shows you that narcissists can change, but they have to show signs. I would say don't hang on to hope and think they're going to change if they're not showing signs. And sometimes us leaving them allows them to wake up and to grow up and to change. So it's a super interesting conversation. It went on for so long that it's in two episodes. So this is part two is with Leon Walker. And if you missed the previous episode, episode 10 is a solo episode contemplating the quandary of our narcissist master manipulators or idiots. And I have a behind the scenes exclusive with my husband in that episode. So make sure you don't miss that. So I hope that you benefit from it by listening to somebody who has this mental illness of narcissistic personality disorder and who is conscious of it and is working on changing and spreading awareness. And let me know your feedback on this episode. There's a photo that I've posted on Patreon. You just download the Patreon app and search Empath Healing. And I post all of these in the public setting so you can comment for free and then you can check out the Empath Healing community. So make sure you follow and comment on how this episode resonated with you there. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Audible book by signing up to my newsletter. I'll reach out with, to you with a unique code for you to listen. The link is in the show notes. All right, here we go. Let's dive into the conversation. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that's really exhausting, right? Like who wants to not be themselves around somebody, work really hard and then not really even get like love, affection, gratitude and all the things, right? It seems like maybe it's best just to not be with them and let them work on themselves on their own. But then that's when women don't want to walk away from a Leon. You wouldn't do it because you're so used to working hard. You feel like it's an unfinished product, but it is exhausting Mm. for you. Yeah, I did have someone tell me I've worked so hard to build something with this person. I'm like, build what? An ice cave? Like, what are you building? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so you work so hard at it. It's not that easy to work to walk away. That's why I know it's funny. This is shameful to say, but I knew there was not one woman that's going to walk away from me. I knew it because so even though I'm very dysfunctional, right? Prior to therapy, um, I could be very unhappy. I could be very mean, aggressive, over the top, verbally abusive. I can also be very fun, loving, right? I can also be very spontaneous. And I know this is what you like. And that's the manipulative part of my personality and the seductive part of my personality. I also know that you like the way I touch you. You know, uh, I may not hug you. I may not even cuddle, but I know how to give massages when you come home from work. So I know when you wake up, you're going to cook me a nice, fabulous dinner or you're going to do something. So it was always like, it's more give and receive and not give and take or give and take. There's more give and take with a narcissist. It's a give to receive, but the giving is like 10% on a narcissist end and 90% on the other person's end. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so it's draining for you because you think something's wrong with me. And I don't like the fact that you think that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with me. So since you think something's wrong with me, then you got to work on me yourself. Yeah. I guess. So it, totally relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's draining and draining. And here I come smiling, happy. Hey, Raven, how you doing? You like, Jesus Christ, this dude, you know? And <laughs> we start over again. 
And here we go for another five or six hours at home. I'm clicking through the t- channel and watch what I want to watch. I don't really even think about that. I haven't thought about that in a while, but I was just so, when I saw the word overbearing, I was like, geez, that's me. And mm-hmm. I started about my relationships and my girlfriends would be like, Leon, you just don't care. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I, we, we had a nice restaurant. I'm paying for it. And here you are complaining. See, that's why I was like, let's go. Let's. And so I would blow up on a spot. Raymond. It was bad. Mm-hmm. I could, I did a video about ruining holidays. I would ruin for birthday. To say one thing to trigger me, that's because I didn't want to be there anyway. But I acted like I want to be there to celebrate her birthday. And it was a whole lie, you know? And yeah. so I would just, I, I had that pretty bad, Raven. And I'm thinking about all this stuff now. I was just, mm. just plowing through people and plowing through life. And So your caring. number one, like, life's purpose was to look good and su- be a successful human in society, not like care about other people's feelings or birthdays or anything well you only cared about their their feelings when you know that they cared about you Mm -hmm. so if they didn't care about you i'm not gonna put any time and effort into you because you can't do anything for me so a birthday is all about the other person and since it's not about the narcissist they don't really care about that yeah right what they care about is the fact that you bragging about how much i did for your birthday that day All, it was draining as hell for me to narcissistic people, especially military people, military men are great planners. So I'm going to plan this event and I can't wait for it to be over. But during your holiday, during your birthday celebration, you're going to acknowledge the fact that I put this together or your girlfriend is going to acknowledge that I did this for you. So your birthday be- becomes my birthday, too. I'm going to mm-hmm. enjoy it. I spent the money. I made the phone calls. I did all these things. But it's that grandiose mindset during that whole situation that, oh, Leon did this, Leon did that. It's her birthday, but uh, it's my birthday, too, in some kind of way. So I had to get some treatment out of it, too. Got it. And then if something is said that triggers you, like you said, then it's like the root issue of the whole thing just comes out, right? Like, I spent all this money, da 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 and it's almost like you're ruining it for me, right? If you're saying it's kind of like you're treating it like your birthday as well as like this grandiose show of like how amazing you are. If one little thing gets criticized, you're like, everything, all hell's breaking loose. Because I was waiting to, I was waiting for hell to break loose anyway. I just needed a reason for you to trigger me. And then you're going to do it. And then I'm going to blame you for your birthday being ruined. And then you're going to So you could like scoot out early or something. You're like, okay, we're done. Let's go. You You can scoot out early. You can actually go do what you want to do, which maybe sometimes it's, um, my addictions, maybe I wanted to go drink or smoke or watch porn. Right. It was her birthday, no big deal. So what, you know, deserve it, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. So I had a way of making her realize and think that she ruined her own birthday. You know, you made the people leave early and, you know, did this and did that. And you came in. Yeah. I had yeah. that bad. I was just so like narcissistic people are very inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. And when it was brought to my attention, I, I would be like, who the hell are you talking to? And then I'll be like, I'll think about it like, oh, well, yeah, I did that. But so what? You know, yeah. I'm comfortable. She's not. So thanks for mentioning it, but I'm going to do it again. So therefore, mm. you won't bring it up again. So I have to make my surroundings very convenient for me. And they can be convenient for you as long as you don't come in complaining and saying anything. Just be quiet while I'm watching the sports. You know, chicks cook some wings or some taco, do something. But. I need to be convenient 
You know this is what I like. You know this is what I'm going to do. So don't complain. But Leon, you've been watching football since Thursday. It's Monday. But I told you when we met, I love football. Did I not? Well, yeah, you told me that. Okay, so now that you complain, now I'm going to watch it Monday. I'm watching seven days a week. I'll find some football. I'll find some old games. This will piss you off. Yeah, I would do stuff like that. Got it. It's and a lot. Is there like uh, any? Is there any guilt or like when they say something to you? Do you feel guilt at all? Like you said, you just feel comfortable. You're like I'm fine. I don't know what your problem is over there. For me, it depended on her delivery. If she came aggressive and like, you know, and I, I knew I was wrong anyway. I know that I'm wrong, but I don't need you to remind me that I'm wrong. I'm a grown man, so don't tell me that I'm wrong. Now, if her delivery was like um, aggressive and overbearing and you know off putting or putting me down. Oh, yeah. That lack of empathy was in rare form. There was no remorse at all. Now, if she talked to me in a subtle, nice, sweet way, kissing my butt, and then maybe gave me a stroke my ego while she was trying to ask me why I did something, now we can talk. Because not only are you coming to me with something, but I'm still going to win this conversation. Even though it's your conversation, I'm going to say things that make you say what I want you to say, but it's actually what you what you want to say, but it's how I want you to receive it. But because I want to take some type of credit about from you telling me what you don't like, but at the same time telling me you do like something about me. So it's like it's like psychological reciprocity. Right. And it's it's I know people don't understand it. It's like what, it's kind of mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. But it's like yeah. the game always of like how can I spin this so I'm always the hero or I'm always in control. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you say, Leon, can we talk? And I'm going to say about what? And you put your head down. Well, I'm all, I'm ready to shut down at that moment. And I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to go, it's either something I say or it's my body language. I'm like, oh, here we go again. And then you go, never, never mind, Leon. But okay. if you say, you know, can we talk for a minute? Um, I enjoy how you answer my questions. I enjoy how thoughtful you are. I enjoy your knowledge. I just need to know a little bit about, you know, this, you know, the other day we were talking about your mommy. You didn't like it. I'm sorry. But what was it about your mom? So now you're buttering me up. You got to do yeah. that. Though. <laughs> you got to do that close to me. Right. And so yes. I'll start talking. Now I'm going to talk to you. I feel like because it works for everybody because for me on the receiving end from a narcissist afterwards, if there was any critique that my husband would give me, my claws would come out. I'd be so mad. I would react like a narcissist. I'm like, no, I like stop criticizing yeah. me. So right, he had right. to learn ways to be like, I really appreciate you do this. However, next time, can we like do this? And I'd be able to yeah. receive it a little bit better. Like whatever. Right. So everybody has like some, some type of narcissistic trait in them. Yeah. It's just with being diagnosed, I was just like overboard with all, all of them. And yeah. I'm like, who I am. I'd rather be this guy than that little boy that was molesting and beating the bed and stopped brushing the seat. I'm not going to be that guy. So totally. what you get, you know? Mm. So yeah, everybody I has, you know, based on what you just said, that's, I mean, it's a back and forth, give and take understanding, knowing how to communicate. Like your husband coming to you in a different way and your claws would just go back in. But if he comes to you this type of way, your claws don't, although you're not narcissistic, you still have that defense mechanism, you know? It would or, trigger all of the controlling criticisms that I would receive from my last relationship, which I left finally. And I was like, never experiencing that again. So like when I, it's just like what the nurses experience, you experience a trauma trigger and you're like, blah, no, 
No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So yours may not be. So with mine, though, you may do that for a few minutes, but then you're going to have regret. You could. I'm not going to have any regret. You may have a little bit of regret, but at the same time, you're like, well, I needed to do that to get him to talk to me better. Right. I'm going to. I'm going to have regret for a very long time. I'm going to have, because now you trigger my anger issues and now you trigger my silent treatment issues. And now I got to ignore you and hurt you even more because you said this or did that. And now Raven, you're cool. You got over it. All right, hon, let's uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Panera Bread. Me? Oh, no. I'm going to say I'm going to Panera Bread by my darn self. I'm going to get me some chicken noodle soup. I know that's what you like. So I'll, my anger issues and my silent treatment lasted a very long time, even off of one incident. Right. If I was wrong and I couldn't get to you, I'm going to get to you another type of way. And I, Raven, I had that very bad. That was draining for any woman that I was with. And it wasn't even draining for me because being upset and being vindictive felt really good. It's like I, was, I can almost taste it, you know? Interesting. And I had no remorse at all. And like I said, my ex-girlfriend said, Leah, you just don't apologize. I'm like, nah, ain't gonna happen. You should, you got what you deserve. You asked for it. I know, and it was wrong. I know it was wrong. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. But it felt, it felt narcissistic. People do these things. And I tell people, it's a thrill. I get it. I got a thrill out of it. That thrill trait is, is very powerful, Raven, because yeah. it replaces, um, my inability to love, it replaced my inability to have empathy. So that thrill trait, and now people don't talk about it. I did a video on that too, but the yeah. thrill trait is, it's just a, it's a monster within itself because when it comes, it's all over. And I feel it. And that's a good feeling to me. As opposed to saying, I love you. I didn't want to do that. As opposed to saying, I'm sorry. There was no good feeling in that. So narcissistic people are always about a good feeling. Good feeling, for- right. I understand that. I mean, especially when you think about everything that you're covering up, right? All the things that you're hiding from the pain that has created this person to always strive to be perfect and look perfect and to do everything. Yeah. It, if you're already uncomfortable and sensitive to the uncomfortable emotions, which do require you to feel it, to heal it, then you're always going to go for the other emotions that feel good. Yeah. And dominating, wow. controlling. That's the thrill. That that power is the thrill. Yeah. And it exactly. helps you avoid all those feelings. Yeah. That makes you sense. Avoid it. And I tell people, they're like, well, how? I'm like, listen, that thrill trait, it feels better than anything you could ever give me or want outside of sex. Outside of sex, the thrill trait is going to consume me. So you're going to be in trouble. You're going to hurt. You're going to cry. And I'm not going to care. You're going to try to help me, help you, help us. I'm not going to care. And then once the thrill trait goes away, it depends on what situation it is that triggers my thrill trait. Um, and so especially if I have to always be right and you try to prove me wrong, I'm going to definitely turn around and try to prove you wrong. It's going to be worse for you so that you never, ever try to do that again. You know, right. that's why narcissistic men don't, do not like strong women because you can't get to them. They don't like women that are intelligent. They don't like women. It's attractive, you know, but it be- becomes less attractive when I can't emotionally disturb you. Yeah, and I feel like there are quite a, especially the covert narcissists, I feel like they can take on the more intelligent and successful women. 
But there must be some part, right? There's some leak somewhere that the narcissist sees and like, oh, well, I can handle this. No problem. Like I can totally dominate over that. But they can, maybe it's the lazy ones, right? Because you are very driven. You were driven. Yeah. You worked really hard. Yeah. Others are very lazy and they want someone to take care of them. So they want to find someone who makes all the money, be lazy, but then also gaslight them. Yeah. And those are, they're, they're also very, the, the vulnerable narcissists too. Those people have a lot of childhood issues, low self-esteem, low confidence. And so they meet somebody that's the opposite of them who's going to pay into them, like an empath, like yeah. a very successful woman that has uh, her own business. Um, she's a professional, whether she's a teacher, principal, superintendent, OBGYN, dentist. She's because that Leon becomes her project, her little mm. baby boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what, Raven? He loves being her little baby boy. Mm-hmm. It's probably the product of a narcissistic mother that discarded him and abused him. So I saw myself going down that path too when my mother discarded me. Mm-hmm. My mother never, but um, there was a lot of lack of remorse for my mother and a whole bunch of lack of empathy and discard. And so I could have been a vulnerable little punk, right? Yeah. But how could I? If I, I, I so I joined the Navy to make myself bigger, better, and stronger. Right. It's almost um, like the resolve. You could take the vulnerable. Like there's so many paths you could take as a human, right? You've got all these different things. And if in this yeah. narcissist category, you've got at least the two major ones, right? The vulnerable and that really strong driven over Like I'm not going to let life punch me down anymore. I'm going to succeed no matter who I step on, right? Versus yeah. the right. vulnerable, That's- like I'm going to find somebody to take care of me and like become my mother. What happens is people say, uh, they step on people. They do. I, I never allowed myself to believe that, mm-hmm. even though it was happening. So in my mind, if I stepped on you, just you should have been. You should have got the hell out of the way, buddy. I would say that. You know. Are you allowed um, that to happen? There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. You know? So yeah. Um, now I look at those things and I say, I don't know how my wife stayed married to me for twelve years. I don't have a clue. Yeah. And so I talk about strong women. You know, uh, narcissistic men. I don't care if they're overt, covert, malignant, it don't matter. They don't like strong women. They don't because that's going to expose them and they don't want to be exposed. Rather, they're covert and everything is low key and passive aggressive. Uh, once you feel like, once you realize you can't be low key and passive aggressive with a strong woman, that narcissistic person starts doing evil things, maybe become physically violent. Um, they'll start to just disappearing acts. They'll make you feel insecure around other women. Stuff like that. You you go like, did he just compare you wink? to other women too? Yeah, right? Right. compare you to other. Yeah, make you, so they have that low key way of making you think about what he's doing, but won't tell you that he's doing it to make you think about what he's doing. Yeah, it sounds weird, but that's the covert type of mindset, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I may have done that as far as because I was a jealous person. I have a jealous trait in me, right? And if I felt like she was getting compliments that I should have given her that another man gave her. I'm going to make her feel like the compliment wasn't true. Mm. So take that back from her in some kind of way by ignoring her. You know, um, it was just being, I did the video on that. I think yesterday about being very vindictive. Uh, yeah, you, by, you did a video about like m- making them feel ugly because that gave you power or something. And it gives you, it makes it easier for the narcissist person to leave and walk away. And not regret when they leave. So there's so no like abandonment, detachment issues. 
Right. So instead mm-hmm. of right, so me leaving a beautiful woman, I left an ugly woman. Although she wasn't ugly, mm-hmm. I remember her crying and her nose running, and I remember her without makeup. I remember her curl up in the ball in the bed, and you they leave when you're at your lowest point, so that when they go and they don't want to see you again, they don't want to hear them friends. Hey man, I saw your ex man. She's beautiful, bro. Why'd you leave her? Oh, they're gonna get mad at him for saying that. That happened to me too, man. Man, why? Mm-hmm. Like, man, I want to hear that. You know, do you just ruin my damn day? You know. And, no, they don't want to see you looking good again. They don't want to see you. Say, oh, no. Uh-uh. Mm, they can't. Issues. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I feel I like mine is always cursing me if at all. They're, they're stalking me and they see me being successful and like never will admit that I'm in a happy relationship because that would mean that I've abandoned him and I'm happy without him. And that's a real big blow to the ego, right? Also mean that he lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that is huge. And he don't want to hear from Nobody else. He don't want to see proof of it. Oh, no. Uh-uh. He don't know. They can say, hey, man, I, I saw a Raven, man. And she's like, man, she, her hair is beautiful, man. She looks fresh. Her skin's pretty. He, he'll, he'll befriend that dude. Whoever, whoever it is, they don't, uh-uh, they, don't, they don't like that. And I would do things mm-hmm. like that on purpose to people that were like me. I knew what I was doing to them, but they didn't know why I was doing it because I knew they were narcissistic. Although they weren't diagnosed, I knew about all the traits. So. Yeah, people that I mean that were doing those things, I would do it on purpose. That's being very manipulative or vindictive or both. You know, right? The battle of the emotions, it's like a battle out yeah. here. <laughs> it, is. it is, Raven. It's, it's big, big time. It is. And so, one last final thought about this uh, self-esteem and or narcissist being attracted or allowing to be connected with someone who is not strong they may have, you may think that you are strong or may appear to be strong but there's there's something there that still needs to be healed like for me absolutely i totally get why <laughs> i was sucked in and lured by him and i've healed that part of myself what can the empath do to make sure that they are a narcissist repellent yeah right so i'd tell women you have to with a narcissistic person a an impact because you gotta always your heart is on your sleeve. Your heart is in their pocket. Uh, you always think about the narcissist person. You think about they got gas in their car, their clothes are washed, if they're eating, uh, how do they feel? Are they getting up on time to get enough rest? Everything. How do they can become better? You know, you can take another class, Leon. I'll help you pay for it. You know, write another book, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You have to be time release. You can't give so much so soon. You have to put the brakes on, take a step back, realize that you're depleting yourself, but, but impasse will, are, are chosen by the universe. So they will always be refilled by nature, by God, by spirits. So they don't like feel the pain. They feel the pain of seeing me not maximize my potential. They feel the pain of knowing that my, my mother left me, my mother died, crack here. They feel the pain of that. But they don't feel any physical pain of being tired and depleted because they get off on giving, 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 right? Because mm-hmm. they're all always being blessed. They're always being, God is always watching. I watch out for everybody, but empaths are such giving and wholesome people that they are always being recharged. You know, they can get an hour of sleep after working 12 hours and get up because they got to help somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, self-motivated. They yeah. are. So instead of 
And it's so just like it's hard for narcissistic people to change. It was hard for me to change. It's still hard every day. I have to work on that. It's also hard for empaths to change and pull back. And they'll do it after a year or two of like, okay, Leon. The main reason why empaths pull back is because they realize that the narcissistic Leon is not going to be with him 100% in a relationship. You can still be friends and they will still, because I know some right now that like pull back away from me because we didn't date. And I could call him right now and say, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> I got a question. You did this before. Can you help me? They're going to do it. But I don't do that mm-hmm. because oh, that's like using misuse, right? Abuse yeah. and misuse, right? Abuse and abuse, yeah. I, yeah, I won't do that. But I could. Mm-hmm. Um, empaths have to, have to be more reserved because they have a lot of high energy. Empaths are highly functioning. They may not have this high energy like I do, but they're high functioning. And some do have a lot of high high energy, but they're always, they're givers, right? Yeah. And they're vendors. They always, they have olive branch with the, all the time. So they just have to learn to give to the people that's giving to them that's in their corner, like their children, their husband or wife or close friends or close family, people that celebrate them, people that uplift them, people that pay into them, instead of trying to give to me this like uh, empty void. So if you realize if you realize that I'm an empty void, when you rather you've been studying the traits, you should study the traits. Yeah. Give a little, give a little bit, give a little bit and realize what I'm not giving you back and then got to shut it down. So give to those deserving people. It's not that they can, they can, it's not that they can stop receiving your blessings, but you continue, can continue making them better. Yeah. It's like chasing and giving to somebody who doesn't want to receive it or maybe want to receive it and use and abuse it versus giving back. Right. It's like, I had this epiphany this year. It's like, give my energy to those who give it back fairly equally, maybe not 50, 50, but fairly. Right. It shouldn't be 90, 10. It shouldn't be 100, zero. Like if they're not calling me, probably shouldn't, like, let's test it out for a month. Have they called me in a month? No, then I'm not going to call them for another month go. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Right. That's why I say there needs to be time released and yeah. time managed. So if you give them a month or you give them two weeks, uh, that's your sign that, you know, you give them to the wrong person. So that's my advice to empaths or good natured people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think that's really important. Be careful with your energy. Be careful who you give it to and how much you give it because there may be someone else who actually needs it and then you're just drained and you've given it to that's someone right. who doesn't need it. Yeah, that's right. You're paying this to the wrong person. Yeah. Leon, thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible. Tell us your where you like to connect with people and help others. So uh, I do videos weekly. I may do two or three per week, but I'm Leon R. Walker Jr. on Instagram, on Facebook. On TikTok, my website is www.leanlaurawalkerjr.com. They can Google me as well. Uh, it talks about my military career and my books and stuff like that. So I'm easy to find. I'm all about helping people. You know, I do 30-minute free sessions for people. I don't charge people when they call and, you know, they want a session. I can't do an hour because it's a long time, but yeah. uh, when they want to do a free session, I do 30 minutes for free for people. I did three yesterday. I have three today and three tomorrow. So yeah. I like to get back. This is not a secret anymore. It's, it was a secret for me forever. Um, but 
hey, ever tell people, I don't care if he's a white man, if he's an Asian man, if he's a six foot eight guy in Russia, if he's narcissistic, he wants to talk about it. I can pretty much tell you based on what you tell me, what's going to happen, what he's going to do. We do the same thing as my points. It's ironic because all the narcissists, they claim that they are unique and they're one of a kind and then their behaviors are all the same. (laughs) You're right. Exactly. Isn't that something that's ironic? I'm unique, but nobody. And women like, Leon, are you serious? You got all the same? Yeah. Rather he's diagnosed or not. Oh, let's say he's diagnosed. I can tell you what he's going to do based on what you're going to do, what you're going to say, what you're going to ask him. It's not hard. Like you said, we're all the same. Yeah, we're unique and different, but we're all the same. Now, we are all unique. We all have our own unique energy blueprint. But when the narcissist is operating in the inauthentic way through their mask as a narcissist, then they're not really being unique. They're being just like the pattern of a narcissist. But if they drop that and they act out of who they truly are, then yes, then they are truly unique. Yeah, right. At that point. And which at that point, you don't want to be bothered with it, that the uniqueness of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm on social media, Instagram, okay. Facebook, YouTube as well, TikTok, uh, Leon R. Walker Jr. And, you know, I'm still. I didn't know you wrote books. How many books did you write? What are they about? Yeah. So, uh, my first book is called Broken It's Survival Instincts of a Child. I wrote that in 2018. I wrote a book called Love Ship about relationships. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, Raven. So my third book, I want to do another interview with you. I'm going to do mm-hmm. a book giveaway. Um, okay. I wrote this book. Seven Loveless Traits. Seven Loveless Traits, right? Mm. So we'll talk about, you ever heard of the five love languages? Yeah. This book is the total opposite of that. Okay. So I never wanted to write a book about this, but it came to me March of 2021. And I wrote it in 30 days, but over the past year, I've been working on the work. It doesn't take that long to write a book. Yeah. So I'm trying to. I'm rereading it now. I'll submit it to the publishing company tomorrow and they'll put it together. That's just a, a proof, right? So mm-hmm. I'll do another interview with you, with your audience, and I'm going to do a book giveaway for everybody that interviewed me. I'm doing a one-hour show just giving away books. So I have 135 books to give away, and I'll also mail you a hardcover copy. Okay, yeah, we can record it and go live on YouTube, do a book giveaway. Or okay. Instagram, actually, have more of an audience, but maybe by then the YouTube will be better. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. I'm shooting for Christmas Day at the latest mid-January. Okay. Because the timeline it takes to put the book together, to format it and all the rest of that stuff. Yeah, of course. Okay, good. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for your time and your insights and all of your confessions. It's It just really is helpful to hear that we're not crazy and that... It's just a facade. It's just something to defend what truly needs to be addressed. So I appreciate your transparency and you're talking about it and helping others. You're amazing. Thank you. I met you. And uh, here we are now having a great discussion. So thank yeah. you. I'll reach out anytime. We can do it again, but I'll definitely do a uh, book good way on your next show. Okay, let's do it. Absolutely. All right. And that is our conversation for today. Tune in. On, on Sunday with Sanjeev Nandi, who is the founder of the Luvo app that I am hosting guided meditations on, live and in the library. And we're going to be talking about five powerful techniques for increasing your vibration to repel the narcissist. If you are grateful 
for this show and benefited from this episode and you're feeling generous, help me out and rate and review this podcast. It's a simple act of service to help others like you find the show. Most narcissists, except for some exceptions like Leon, but a lot of narcissists and people who may not be NPD, but they are certainly toxic, they don't want to change or heal. They believe there is nothing wrong with them or they're too afraid to address their demons within. And they defend and they attack you and they reverse the blame onto you. But that's not you, empath. You want to heal and you are the chain breaker in your family. You wish to find your authentic self and power. So let's chat about something that's extremely important, community. I remember when I first left my ex, I lost everything. I lost everyone that thought that was in my corner. I had to restart and rebuild my life all over again. And that's what I was most afraid of. But I didn't die. I didn't really actually lose anything inside of me. I actually gained myself by leaving. I was strong, but I wasn't always strong. So as I finally found my strength and new people who would come in and be my angels in this healing journey, I realized community is invaluable. And I didn't have community. I had a few single angels here or there to help me through, which is beautiful. But I didn't even know the term narcissist until recently. And so I feel called to host a community to help you heal. I'm going to give you what I didn't have. And we're going to have a community that we're going to grow through. We're going to have education, coaching once a month, and community. You'll have like-minded people you can talk to and support each other. And we're going to have a live Q&A event as well and some meditations because that's what I love to do. So all of these things are incorporated to help you in your personal development and your healing journey. And it really is very simple. We're just going to host it on Patreon, nothing extravagant. And for you now, as founding members, it's just $8.25 for each month. And it's really, really exciting to be able to to gather you guys all up and for all of us to be in community. Like I said, there are free posts that you can kind of preview some stuff over there and comment and interact with us. I feel like this is the way this year. And I have heard an astrologer say that different types of gathering versus being on social media is the way that we're going to feel like we want to experience our relationships this year. So in this, you're going to receive a group of like-minded empaths, you're going to get your questions answered. We're going to do live events that include meditations. February 6th, we're starting How to Overcome the Pain of Your Past 10-Day Challenge. I'm going to host that there in the group. There'll be monthly group healing ceremony circles, which will also include a bit of coaching. So that's we'll have two live events every month. So that's every other week that we'll meet on a video call. And yes, so I really, truly am excited for all of you to join. Really is no skin off your back, just a couple dollars a month. It's literally less than if you went to Starbucks and you got breakfast and a coffee. And it's only once a month. You'll also receive in the mail as a member every three months, these beautiful note card mantras that I've created. So, so many beautiful gifts. And so that's on Patreon, our empath healing community. So excited to announce that. Of course, if you go to my shop page, 
I do have other workshops that you can purchase and self-guide yourself through if that's more of your forte. So I have that plus the book on Amazon and you can listen on Audible. Empath and the Narcissist. How to Overcome gaslighting, manipulation, childhood trauma, and it is the guide. It has a healing guide for you to to find out who you are. And the last chapter includes Human Design 101. And if you're not sure what human design is, you can grab your free chart. Just fill out the form, send me your information, ravenscott.show forward slash shop. And I will read your chart, just a short intro chart for you on a video call for just 20 minutes. Kind of let you know what it is and then send you the PDF of your chart. That's all for free. All right. So many wonderful things going on. I was watching Mission Joy with Bishop Tutu from South Africa and His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, on Netflix last night. And I truly enjoyed it so much. I don't know what it is about soaking up in two old wise men who giggling all the time in that show, but it was infectious. Yeah, it's a must see. It's a must watch. But the biggest takeaway was the Dalai Lama challenged a scientist who was studying depression through MRIs and brainwaves, and he challenged him to study brainwaves of joy and compassion. So he rose to the challenge and studied monks who have a daily practice of meditation. And the experiment was when they heard a high beep while they were in the MRI machine, there was a scalding heat that would wave into this metal plated wristband for like half a second, a millisecond that they wore. And then a low beep just indicated they would get a warm wave through their wristband. And what they observed is in the non-meditating brains, when they heard the high beep, the amygdala and the brain activity lit up. And then when they felt the high heat, that activity in the brain amplified. And then when the high heat was gone, the activity continued to ruminate in the brain. In the meditating brains, when they heard the high beep, the brain showed no heightened activity. Only when the heat flashed through the wristband did the brain show a raised activity in the brain. But immediately after that wristband heat left, the activity left. It went back to neutral again, went back to this calm state in the brain. So what I concluded is with a daily practice of meditation, our brain and suffering afflicted on us through life and others can be short-lived. There is a way to stop ruminating about the narcissist and their betrayal and their abuse, and that is through daily practicing meditation. If you did not know, I am a certified meditation teacher. This skill is now going to be put to good use, and I'm honored to be hosting live meditations on one of my most favorite meditation apps called Luvo, L-U-V-O. It's free, and upon entering the app, you can take a quick survey to see which chakra is blocked, and then you can start meditating to release that chakra. For me, my block chakra was the root. No surprise, I always feel like there is no time in the world. My adrenals are always shot because I'm producing and editing and recording and drafting and creating and 
just too much, right? I, I do too much, but that's my unbalanced root chakra. And so as I've cleared my root chakra through the meditation, and I've done loads of other things, right? Emotion code, I'm taking Bach flower and really focusing on slowing down what's happened is that I've now been able to move through and do the meditations through the sacral. And then I'll move through the solar plexus and then the heart. So there's a vast amount of meditations in the library through the chakras, as well as guided meditations. So in addition to the library of guided meditations that I have the pleasure to contribute to, the app also uses a vibrational healing frequency that you can increase or decrease at your desire. So I'm so excited to be start hosting live meditations in this app in February. So make sure you grab it for free in the Google Play or Apple App Store now so that you can be used to using it. Start using the app, meditate daily, and tune into reducing the suffering that you're feeling right now. It is proven. This is science now, you guys. This is so exciting. So tune into the app. Uh, daily for your benefit, but also to watch out for my live guided meditations coming to you soon. So sign up and the link to the app will be in the show notes. And I appreciate all of you for listening. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Audible book by signing up to my newsletter. I'll reach out to you with a unique code for you to listen. The link is in the show notes. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all in.